Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. must be pursued, it must be wooed with all of one's might and every bit of effort that we have. And each day there's a new encounter, each week is a new challenge. And all of the display and all of the noise and all of the glamour and all of the colour and all of the excitement and all of the rings and all of the money, these are the things that really linger only in the memory. But the spirit, the will to excel, the will to win, these are the things that endure. And you're listening to the late Vince Lombardi, and we celebrate great American iconic figures, and there was no bigger one in the mid to late 20th century than Vince Lombardi. He affected everything. And we love talking to great writers, and we're going to talk right now with David Moranis, who wrote the book on Vince Lombardi, When Pride Still Mattered. David's the associate editor of the Washington Post. And David, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Let's start in the beginning. Vince Lombardi's dad. What did he? <laughs> what did he do for a living? And describe the world. Oh man! That young Vince, Vince grew Lombardi's up in. Lombardi's father, Harry, was a butcher. The family lived uh, in Sheepshead Bay uh, in Brooklyn. Harry would commute over to the Lower West Side of Manhattan, where he had a butcher shop. One of his nicknames was Old Five by Five, which described about how he looked. He was short and squat and very strong and sort of uh, inculcated into his sons that there was no such thing as pain. Uh, He was tattooed, uh, you know, before his time. I guess, you know, he'd fit in with the modern-day athlete in that sense. Uh, But 
my favorite tattoos were on his knuckles. On one uh, hand, his knuckles spelled W-O-R-K, work, and on the other hand, the knuckles spelled play, P-L-A-Y, and that too sort of reflected some part of his son's mythology. Indeed. And, and, and here's a quote from you. The trinity of Vince Lombardi's early life was religion, family, and sports. It would be true for his entire life, wouldn't it be, David? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, in various orders, but he was, he was a very religious man, Catholic family, Italian Catholics. At one point, Vince himself thought he was going to be a priest, and he always sort of carried that inside him for the rest of his life. And he was trained at, at Fordham by the Jesuits, and the Jesuit philosophy was a very important part of his coaching philosophy. Um, but family was, was really everything. His mother's family were the Izzos, and she was one of 13 Izzo kids. And that, with you know, all kinds of uh, cousins and uncles and aunts, and, and that family really is the environment that Vince Lombardi grew up in, something that he never was able to recreate with his own nuclear family, as we'll talk about, but but was able to recreate with his team, the Green Bay Packers. And by the way, 13 kids, people are listening like shocked, right, David? But Irish Catholic, Italian Catholic, yeah. and just lots of families, 8, 10, 12, was, well, it was pretty normal, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, it was not out of the ordinary for an Irish Catholic or, or Italian Catholic family of that era. Uh, the Izzos were pretty well renowned in Sheepshead Bay because there were there were so many of them, and they, they had uh, various uh, professions. Um, in that place, but no, it was not. It was not shocking that there would be thirteen of them. Now you wrote, "quote The church was not some distant institution to be visited once a week, but part of the rhythm of daily life." Talk about that. Vince Lombardi, as an adult, went to mass every morning. When he lived, uh, you know, wherever he lived, at, at Fordham as a student, uh, he was trained by the Jesuits. Um, then he was a, a teacher and coach at St. Cecilia High School in New Jersey, um, where he, his best friends were the, were the fathers there and the nuns. Um, when he was at Green Bay, uh, he went to Mass every morning at St. Willibrod's in Green Bay, which was a pretty heavily Catholic place. And, and finally, uh, I love this story, late, you know, late, his last move in his career was to Washington, D.C. He, of course, wanted to go to Mass every morning, but the mass that he wanted to attend was held at something like nine nine thirty or ten and he wanted to get to work before then. So he literally knocked on the door of the priest and told him to move his mass up so that somebody could get to work. <laughs> that one didn't work. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't tell God what to do, but he could tell everybody else. That's right. In the end, there was a part of me that, as I read your book, he, he almost wanted to submit to something higher than him. That was about the only place in his life where that was true, yes. But I, I think that uh, people have various levels of commitment to faith and religion, and I think with Vince Lombardi, it was authentic and deep, and he did need that. Uh, he also, it should be said that he went to Mass every day because he knew he was a flawed human being. Yep. And he knew that he sometimes had anger management problems, um, not that he was violent, but just that he, he accepted, you know, with his words, um, and he wanted to try to control that, and he regretted it, and that's one of the reasons he, he went to Mass, to sort of, for penance in that sense. Now let me hit you with another quote. 
Uh, this is a Lombardi quote in your book. From the first contact on, football fascinated me. Contact, controlled violence, a game where the mission was to hit someone harder, punish him, knees up, elbows out, challenge your body, mind, and spirit, exhaust yourself, and seek redemption through fatigue. Such were the rewards an altar boy found in his favorite game. David, suffering, pain, redemption. It sounds like football and religion had intertwined. Yeah, they certainly were with Vince Lombardi. Uh, There's one great uh, irony or paradox to that, which is that Lombardi was kind of a wimp. (laughs) He had a very low pain threshold himself. I mean, he was a tough human being. He had a strong spirit. But as I write, and I believe this is true with many coaches and politicians and leaders in general, they see their own weaknesses and understand them and try to eliminate them in others, which they can't eliminate in themselves. So that the whole notion of fatigue, though, and work, giving your hardest and leaving it all on the field is something that Lombardi did personally and that he truly believed in, the reward of that hard work, which is part of the Jesuit philosophy. And you're listening to David Moranis talk about the Jesuit influence on Vince Lombardi's life. More from the author of When Pride Still Mattered, the story of Vince Lombardi continues here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. continue here with Our American Stories and with David Moranis and his terrific book, When Pride Still Mattered, the story of Vince Lombardi. Let's pick up where we last left off. People would never believe it now, but New York City at one point in time, David, was a college football power. Talk about the impact. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Talk, talk about the impact of those Jesuits and Fordham on young Vince. Well, I think that you can trace everything about Lombardi's coaching philosophy back to the Jesuits. The key one in my mind is the notion of freedom through discipline, which I think explains Lombardi better than anything else and is a Jesuit notion, which is that only through the hard work and repetition and commitment that comprises discipline can you eventually develop the freedom um, in your life. Um, you know, for the Jesuits, it was free will. For Lombardi, um, if you transferred it to his football teams, it was that once they learned, they disciplined themselves through that hard work to understand what they were doing, it slowed the game down for them and made them um, have a leg up on all of their opponents. And that was the freedom that his hard work gave to his players. It's so true. I'm going to read again from the book. All the detailed preparations resulted not in a mass of confusing statistics and plans, but in the opposite, paring away the extraneous, reducing and refining until all that was left was what was needed for that game against the team. Exactly your point there, David. Yeah, and I think that um, along with the Jesuits, the other uh, major philosophy that affected Lombardi was from West Point, where he was an assistant coach under the great coach Red Blake who really had that same philosophy of making things simple by being a good teacher. It doesn't mean that, that things are, are dumbed down for, for uh, the players, but just that there's so much extraneous stuff that teachers put into something, and the ability to, to make it understandable to every player um, and to simplify something until it has a more powerful effect is something he also learned from Red Blake. Indeed. In fact, you wrote, quote, in many ways, the philosophy at West Point was similar to the way of life that Lombardi had learned earlier at Fordham under the Jesuits. Absolutely. I, you know, it was a perfect uh, storm. You know, our, our leaders born or made, um, I think there's a combination of the two, but I think that, that the making of Vince Lombardi with the ingredients he already had uh, came from the Jesuits and, and West Point in a way that, that made him unique. Now, his first job out of Fordham, his first coaching job, was in a little hamlet in northern New Jersey called Englewood, 
I grew up not far from there. Uh-huh. And St. Cecilia's High School, I'm going to quote again from the book, when he took the job at Saints, Lombardi said later, his frame of mind was that he wanted to be a teacher more than a coach. And for some people who really knew him, and you did as you studied him, that was true all the way through, wasn't it? Oh, totally. Yes, he was, he was a teacher coach. Everything that helped him with the Green Bay Packers was refined first at Little St. Cecilia. He, he taught a lot of different classes, including chemistry. And again, he, he, what he tried to do was make it, he wouldn't go on in the coursework until every kid in the class understood it. Um, and he had a, that ability to make complicated things seem understandable, comprehensible. So that, you know, later when he first got to the Green Bay Packers, I, Bart Starr, the quarterback, spent one hour with Vince Lombardi and rushed to a telephone to call his wife to say that he'd never experienced anything like this and they were going to start winning because of the way that Lombardi who was a lineman, by the way, could explain what it was like to be a quarterback. You know, this is extraordinary. We're going to play the clip from Bart Starr in one second. But what's interesting, in Lombardi, when Lombardi, and we're just jumping ahead of the story, we'll return back to St. Cecilia's, sure. when, when Lombardi gets to, to Green Bay, the team had been 1-10 the year before. 1-10. <laughs> so he's now meeting the players. He gives this pep talk. And within an hour, as you said, here's Bart Starr talking about that. I'll always remember our first meeting with him. It was dynamite. And uh, I called my wife, Cherry, and I said, honey, we're going to begin to win. That's all I said to her. Honey, we're going to begin to win. In his very first meeting, you could see how well prepared he was. And then how he approached what he was teaching at that session that day. Uh, you, could, you could sense an outstanding teacher and uh, builder that he was. And that's exactly what we were. He just brought us right up quickly. It's extraordinary. Eight years he spent at St. Cecilia yeah. doing just that. Eight years, David. That really mattered, didn't it? In a couple of ways. One is the, the, uh, that he was ready when he finally got his chance. Secondly, in another way, all of that time, eight years at St. Cecilia's and then, and then several other assistant coaching jobs, you know, 20 years basically in the in the wilderness before he got his break, all made it so that he had this enormous overriding will to succeed when he finally did get his chance. West Point is the next gig. Talk about this man, Red Blake, because we all need mentors in life, and sometimes we're just lucky enough to stumble on one. Well, Blake was a superior football coach. He had great organizational skills. He also was a terrific teacher. And his motto was, you have to pay the price. And the notion that you get out of life what you put into it. And it was part of the learning tree for, for Vince Lombardi. And, and what's interesting is this is back when West Point, and this is, again, hard to believe, was a national powerhouse in football, championship oh, teams. So. Yeah, they, when, when Lombardi got there, they'd come through a couple of amazing seasons where they were the number one team in the country. One of the other threads of my book, however, is the fallacy of the innocent past, where you know, we're always longing for something golden in the past and, and tend to romanticize it for that reason. There are many valid reasons to do that, but you can't look, look at it through rose-colored glasses. So you know, during Lombardi's time at West Point, there was a cheating scandal among, among the uh, football players. You know, human nature doesn't really change. The, the culture around it does, but, but the temptations 
of life are, are there, you know, in every generation. And yep. so at West Point, it was, you know, a cheating scandal that almost brought Red Blake to his knees. They had an amazing recovery, but it was a very difficult couple of years. And there's an honor code there. So in a place yeah. like West Point, it's even just, it's worse than big state university, a cheating scandal. Um, right. I mean, it, yes, it, it's sort of more uh, discombobulating that, that those young men would, would be involved in that. It wasn't the first time and it wasn't the last time, though, that one of the academies had a scandal like that, and partly because of the pressures of the honor codes. You bet. And that they're young men in a very tough circumstance and that nothing right. changes there. One scene in the book really stood out for me, David. It was of Lombardi taking game film from the West Point game <laughs> and bringing it to New York City for an yes. important graduate who lived in the Waldorf Astoria. Who was that graduate? That was uh, General Douglas MacArthur, who by that time was back from his controversial uh, period as a, as a gen- Army general, but still revered West Point. He'd once been the superintendent at West Point. He and Red Blake were very close. And so one of of assistant coach Lombardi's assignments was to go down to um, New York and get the film developed and stop off at MacArthur's penthouse suite in the Waldorf Astoria Hotel and show him the game films. Um, MacArthur was always following in great detail the starting lineups of the West Point of the Army football team, their schedule, um, their preseason drills. He wanted to know everything about every player on that team. And one of so Lombardi got to spend time with him, uh, showing him game film during the seasons. That had to be a real learning uh, experience for him at a minimum. Lombardi yeah. and MacArthur, by the way, both believed, David, in the value of competitive sports to shape and mold men's character. Talk about that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, um, MacArthur was very much into the notion that, that you know, mind and body uh, went t- together and that sports were essential to to building character. And you've been listening to David Moranis, his book, When Pride Still Mattered. It's an older book, but what we do here on this show is we go back and we let you hear the stories that are some of the best ever told and bring them to you. Again, David Moranis, When Pride Still Mattered, the story of Vince Lombardi continues here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we continue with Our American Stories and with author David Moranis, who wrote When Pride Still Mattered uh, quite a while ago, but we called him up because, well, no one knows more about Vince Lombardi. Let's continue where we last left off. Let's uh, talk about his next job because it may have been his most important. He was an assistant coach with Wellington Mara's New York Giants. He was the offensive coach and a young (laughs) Tom Landry Dallas, of course, would ultimately get Tom Landry. Yeah. He was the defensive coach. Nice, nice start. You could say that that was the best combination of of uh, assistant coaches in NFL history. So much so that the head coach Jim Lee Howell, they used to joke that his only main assignment was to make sure the footballs had enough air in them, <laughs> and then he turned everything over to uh, Landry and Lombardi, who were. Um, Yin and Yang, uh, just opposites of personality and coaching styles. Um, Landry was cool, methodical, almost uh, almost an automaton in the way he wanted his players to to act and the way he coached. And Lombardi was um, much more emotional, uh, much more uh, uh, you know high high and low in terms of how he would deal with the players. Uh, just complete opposites. Indeed. And by the way, he had to learn something new. He had to adapt Lombardi. These were grown men. Guys like Charlie Connolly yeah. had served in war. Talk about how Lombardi adapted from teaching young people to teaching grown men. Well, you're right. Uh, you know, his first uh, training camp with the Giants, um, he, he did, the, the offensive players really didn't uh, take to him at first. Frank Gifford... Uh, the great halfback, and Charlie Connerly, the old quarterback, they thought he was sort of amateurish and, you know, trying to sort of a rah-rah college guy. So it took him a while to adjust to the pro style. But that's a very important point about Lombardi, which many people don't quite understand. He has the reputation of sort of my way or the highway being inflexible. He wasn't like that at all, really. He was very disciplined and tough, but he was also a master psychologist who who would study his players and figure out how to get the best out of all of them and learn and change and adapt. 
And that's exactly what he started doing when he became an assistant coach at the Giants. And all teachers in the end have to do that because culture changes, people yep. change, and you just can't, te- te- you can't treat people as robots. They're people. That's exactly right. And that's why when people ask me whether Lombardi could succeed today, I say yes. Um, he, he, would, he would learn how to get the best out of players today, just as he did in his era. And he would adapt to that without changing his fundamental philosophy. And the players would adapt to him because they realized that he had their interest at heart and that he would help them win. Indeed. Let's talk about the professional football experience then, because it's not today. Baseball, boxing, even horse racing got more coverage in newspapers. Pay was poor. In your book, you talk about how players barely got paid for preseason games, and many teams had no compensation plans for injured players. But Lombardi was lucky to come into the league just as all of that was beginning to change, David, and it didn't hurt that he was in a big media market like New York. No, it didn't, and it didn't hurt that um, that the game had him as well. It sort of was a nice uh, synergy between the rise of professional football and the rise of Vince Lombardi. So everything that he learned in New York by the time he got to Green Bay, football, the NFL was finally coming out from being a second-class sport to being the dominant sport that it would later become. And and the sport used Lombardi, and Lombardi used him in that rise. Indeed. And so he ends up in a little hamlet in the Midwest called Green Bay, and his poor wife. I mean, New York City, and it might as well have been Alaska that he was going to as far as his wife and family were concerned. We haven't talked much about this thing called the marriage. And the wife had drinking problems. Uh, Vince wasn't exactly a model husband in terms of how he talked to his wife, treated his wife, and he was never there. Talk about that relationship and what the wife did, because she really tried to keep Vince in New York. Yeah, well, you know, it's a it's a difficult, it's a love story, but a very difficult and human and problematic one. Marie was from New Jersey. She loved the East Coast. She liked uh, the clothing stores in, in Manhattan and just the whole lifestyle there. And and for her to go to, to Little Green Bay was just a utter culture shock. There was a Broadway play that was made out of my book, and the character that steals the show in the play is Marie Lombardi, played by the great actress Judith Light. The scene of them driving west for the first time and rounding Chicago and then running into a snowstorm. It, it was amazing to see Judith Light portray Marie in that scene where she sees nothing but white ahead of her and, and what that sort of represented to her. Vince Lombardi was much better at creating a sense of family out of his football team than he was out of his nuclear family. His wife had um, a paradoxical situation where she loved being Vince Lombardi's wife, and she grew to love football and and really understood him and the game by in the end quite well. And yet it was a very lonely experience because he, in a sense, was married to football as much as or more than her. And she did have a drinking problem, and um, there were several moments in their lives in Green Bay where things got pretty dicey. She was in the hospital once for for an overdose of uh, of drugs, you know, um, of pills. I'm sorry, not drugs. And uh, of course, the relationship with Vince Jr. was equally difficult. Imagine being carrying that name and that bird. There's a book in that, David, The Sons of Great Men. Maybe, maybe you'll... Uh, yeah, it, I know. I, there really is. Yep. 
There's a great scene in your book where Lombardi, the new coach, gives his first impassioned speech to the Green Bay team that had just lost 10 of 11 games. He told them they were going to be the New York Yankees of football. He told them that he would relentlessly pursue victory and anyone who didn't like it was free to leave. After the speech, and I'm quoting from your book, there was silence. The room empties. Lombardi approaches veteran Max McGee. What did you think? Lombardi asked. Well, I'll tell you, you got their attention, coach, McGee replied. You know, I wasn't sure, Lombardi confided. Everybody could have just gotten up and walked out for all I knew. It showed a tremendous vulnerability in Lombardi and an honesty. And I think that is what really came out of this book for me. What a human being he was. Oh, absolutely. You know, you can try to create a a mythological creature as a saint, um, but it's it's the frailty and humanity of someone who then goes on, despite all of that, to achieve... Uh, success that makes Lombardi the more interesting uh, character. And he did have those vulnerabilities and those uncertainties. And they drove him as much as as his confidence that he was going to win. Indeed. And well, I love there's a video. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's Lombardi on a, on a, in front of a chalkboard, and he's outlining the sweep. Oh, yes. That's, that's uh, iconic. Yeah. It's like a physics class. It's so intricate, and yet... He mastered, his team mastered this play, and it became, well, it became the iconic play of the great American football team known as the Green Bay Packers. I love that the story of the sweep as much as anything to describe Vince Lombardi, because um, superficially, um, it seems simplistic. You know, the other teams would have all of these fancy plays, and, and, and the Packers had this power sweep, the Green Bay sweep, and other teams knew it was coming. So why did it succeed? It's because Lombardi taught it so well and so thoroughly and allowed freedom in the discipline of that sweep so that every player involved in that sweep, whether they were a blocker or the runner, knew about 10 or 20 variables that they could use on the sweep depending on how the defense was reacting. And they understood it so well that they were one step ahead of the defense on that play. And that was the freedom through discipline of, of, of Lombardi's philosophy, exemplified by one play that seemed simple, but actually was rendered simple in its complexity. And you're listening to David Moranis, author of When Pride Still Mattered, the seminal book in understanding the life of Coach Vince Lombardi. More after these messages. This is Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we continue with Our American Stories and with author David Moranis, Pulitzer Prize winner and author of When Pride Still Mattered. Let's pick up where we last left off on the life of Vince Lombardi. Lombardi had no room in his locker room or in the entire city, it turns out, for racism, David. Talk about this. Did some of it have to do with how Italians were treated in much of the country? He was called names like WAP and Dago and Guinea. You know, it did certainly affect Lombardi. That, that, that's not to say that that was the only factor, because I think there are other Italians who were discriminated against, or anybody. You can react one of two ways. You can then find somebody else to discriminate against True. yourself. Yep. Or you can take it as a learning lesson about, you know, that we're all uh, in the same boat. Lombardi took it that way um, in the best possible way. When he got to Green Bay, you know, I think there were three blacks in the whole town, and one was the shoeshine man at the Northland Hotel, and the other two were Packers. Uh, He brought the first wave of, of great black athletes to Green Bay, and one of the first things he did was go to all the taverns in Green Bay, or most of them, there's so many, and overwhelming, you know, there's a tavern on every block. Right. But he said, if I hear that you're discriminating against any of my players, you're off limits for all of them. And that had a pretty profound effect. And that was the sort of thing he did throughout his career. When they had preseason games in the South, uh, the first instance they were in New Orleans and the black players had to sleep somewhere else, he said, we'll never allow this again. And he would put the whole team up together at a army base instead of having to deal with this with the Jim Crow South. Um, he was very strong on race, and all of his black players from the day they first met him to the day he died uh, revered him for that. Yeah, and the military, we all know this about the military. Long before there was integration talk, the first real cultural institution in America that brought the races together was the military, David. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it was too late. It happened after World War II, basically. But but the military and sports 
more than any other parts of American life, have become true meritocracies, at least on the playing field or on the, the field of battle. They did a lot, both of those institutions, to, to break the racial barriers of this country. Let's talk about prayer. You said it was, quote, the essence of Lombardi's religious practice and the constant of his daily routine. Quote, his daily prayers were an effort to balance the tension between his will to succeed and his desire to be good. You know, it's quite something that he saw that in himself. He might have the appearance of not being the most self-reflective human being. So obsessed did he seem with, with prevailing but in fact, he did have that self-awareness, and it was the central part of his uh, faith, of his life of prayer, was to try to find the right balance. Even if he couldn't do it outside of the, the uh, church, he understood the problem that he was dealing with in his own frailty on that, and that was, that was what he spent a lot of... You know, he didn't pray to win, he prayed to be a better person. And in your chapter, Trinity... His son talked about his dad, and I'm going to quote from the son. Life was a struggle for my dad. He knew he wasn't perfect. He had a lot of habits that were far from perfect. His strengths were his weaknesses and vice versa. He fought it by taking that paradox to church. It went back to the Jesuits always and the struggle between the shadow self and the real self, your humanity and your divinity. He saw that struggle clear, my dad, in concrete terms. Wow, what a wise son, David. Isn't that something? I know. I felt blessed when I started this biography that Vince Lombardi's son was not perpetuating a mythological, sainted creature as a father, but had a clear-eyed vision of him. And it wasn't, he didn't hate his father, he loved his father, but he knew his father's flaws. And he had suffered because of that himself and spent a lot of time thinking about it so that by the time I approached this book, Vince Jr. was very open to letting an author sort of see the reality and the complexity and the paradox of, of his old man. And what father and son doesn't have this complicated relationship? And the honesty of this, the brutal honesty of it, was yeah. absolutely beautiful. Oh, I agree. I mean, every, every father-son, mother-daughter relationship has some complexity to it of one degree or another. This one was a little more complex because of the father's fame and his obsession and the son's inability to break through until, until you know, it's almost too late. But that level of comprehension of, of Vince Jr., of what his father was dealing with, is quite extraordinary. Lombardi would go on to win a world championship by beating his old team, the New York Giants, and he didn't just beat the Giants, David. He destroyed them. When the score was 37 to nothing, he finally started playing his subs, and Lombardi called that title game the biggest thrill of his life. Well, you know, he probably thought that he was going to be the coach of the New York Giants. That was, you know, he was a New York kid. That was, he liked, uh, he and Wellington Mara both went to Fordham in the same era. There are a lot of connections there. He, he, he didn't get the job, and then by the time he was might have gotten it he didn't want to leave again so beating the beating the new york giants i would say that first 37 to nothing game was probably the the most important of his career along with the last along with the ice bowl at the end yep there was this great celebration at the elks club in town <laughs> and everyone was there after this victory players too you wrote this about lombardi and the men he coached quote 
As despotic and unfeeling as he could sometimes seem on the practice field, the coach had taught them how to win. He lifted their self-image. He challenged them to accomplish things that they had thought were beyond their reach. I want to play you a clip. It's of Jerry Kramer talking about coach. Oh, great. And, and, and this is a guy talking possibly, David, 20 to 30 years after this incident. Let's take a listen to Jerry Kramer. I jumped off sides one time in a scrimmage, and he got in my face, and he said, Mr. The concentration period of a college student is five minutes, high school is three minutes, kindergarten is 30 seconds. You don't even have that, so where's that put you? Put me checking my shoe shine. I go up in the locker room, sitting there, chin in my hand, elbowing me, looking at the floor, thinking, I'm never going to play for this guy. He came in the door, came across the room, slapped me on the back of the neck, messed up my hair. He said, son, one of these days you're going to be the best guard in football. He turned around and walked away. And that started my motor. With that comment, he allowed me to think about being a great football player. And from that point on, I worked my tail off. I gave him everything I had. It made a profound impact on my life. Then the key to Lombardi, which many coaches who think they're mini Lombardis don't understand, is that you have to have that balance. Yes, you can be tough, but you have to have the ability to know when to when to show the love to your to your players, and that you really you know it's it's about them um, and their ability to work together. Um, and Lombardi had that. There's some Lombardi wannabes who just see the tough part of it and don't see the love part of it. Yeah, they don't see the softness either or the vulnerability, and that's right. that's a considerable uh, loss for them. Final parting thoughts here. Once that Giants game wins, in my mind, the Super Bowls were afterthoughts. They were going to happen. He had achieved all he'd achieved. What if it, Was there something after it was all done that you, you thought, Man, I should have put that in the book? I missed it. <laughs> Boy, that's a great question. I missed a couple of stories that I wished I'd gotten. One was about Lionel Aldridge, um, the defensive end, an African-American who was in love with and married a white woman, and there was a lot of pressure um, to prevent that from happening, believe it or not, in that era. You know, we still had that level of of racial bias, and Lombardi stood up for Aldridge and said, you know, we're human beings first, and don't feel any pressure from me about that. It seems obvious now, but I wish I'd had that story in my book, because it was one more level of Lombardi. I do have in the book the fact that um, his brother Harold was gay, and Lombardi was terrific on, on that issue, which still is not something that professional athletes can deal with in a particularly healthy way, even today, but Lombardi made it clear on all of his teams that if he found anybody discriminating against someone because of their sexual orientation, they were off the team. And as a Catholic, that had to be something. I mean, he was yep. actually practicing perfect Catholicism. He was loving on the gay player. I, I love the way you put that, um, because there's so many different ways that people distort uh, uh, religion and, and Catholicism, and, and and he was uh, applying the 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 fundamental love of, of, of what faith should be. And you've been listening to David Moranis, author of When Pride Still Mattered. It's an older book, but pick it up if you haven't. Read it. You won't regret it. Go to Amazon or The Usual Suspects. 
The story of Vince Lombardi told by no one better than David Moranis here on Our American Stories. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.